Hello and welcome to Humans Exhaust Me, a show all about this world in which we live still with uh, me. I'm Biz Paul, I'm here in the UK and I'm joined stateside by the wonderful Felicia Jones. Hey Paul, did you know that it is post-pandemic now? Post-pandemic, we really should update our podcast like yes. hashtags or something. Post-pandemic, the podcast yeah. for the post-pandemic world. Yeah, even though we are logging tons and tons of people getting COVID and people are still going to the hospital and unvaccinated people are dying at higher clips, it is still a post-pandemic world yeah, I mean, we're in right now. Literally yeah. hundreds of thousands and millions of people yeah, I know. Are getting infected every day. So, you know, but but, it's, it's post-pandemic. But in the travel world, they say this is post-pandemic time. So, okay. I, I, I don't know whose world, who, who's telling the truth, Paul? Oh, that is a deep question. Somebody has to know the answer. Well, we're telling the truth. Okay. So I guess we'll just go ahead and just, <laughs> it's going to be a pandemic post-pandemic. We can just kind of pick and choose however we want to live. So, yeah. oh, the world is a great place these days. What's going on in your Twitter world? Well, um, I was just looking at what's what's trending and it made me think, do you know what? Johnson Uh-oh. out or Boris resign just is it's just like a constant in this world of uncertainty in which we live. The calls for our prime minister to go are, are pretty constant. The, the latest thing with him is that apparently he attended another party. I thought the party oh. thing was over, but according to BBC News, which I'm looking at, a hundred plus were invited to Downing Street lockdown drinks, according to witnesses. This is recent or during the lockdowns? No, during the first lockdown in May 2020. Oh, I mean, well, he had to get campaign money. Come on. <laughs> Come on. How, yeah. how is he supposed to survive if he can't have a party? Um, and mm, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, good. it's a good point. I mean, I don't know what the multimillionaire Boris Johnson... Uh, could possibly do without all the money that he needs to raise. Yeah, you know, well, um, he could be like Novak and, you know, just pretend like his thing didn't work and he can go to Australia, right? Yeah, well, you can, in this post-pandemic world, Felicia, you can do what the hell you want. You got COVID? Just don't say anything. You, you yeah. had COVID a couple of weeks ago? Just enter a country that doesn't allow it. It's fine. You can do whatever you want. Well, we're at the point now they are mandating that nurses, doctors, um, even if you had to go home with COVID, if you're not asymptomatic, you got to get back to work. If you're not asymptomatic or if you are asymptomatic. If you you have tested positive for COVID, but you're not, but you're asymptomatic, I I could be getting any source, you, you need to go back to work. Right. Okay. Yeah. And magically, a lot of um, um, hospitals are popping up with COVID in their ERs. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why. The the thing is, you see, what what you're forgetting, Felicia, is that this virus um, changes. It it changes in terms of one one minute it, it can really affect you if you're asymptomatic and you can spread it if you're asymptomatic. Another time, it doesn't matter. So it's clever, okay. the virus, you see. It can just adapt. It, it is. It is very cle- clever. I mean, it is adaptable. It'll it'll turn into fluorona yeah. or you don't have it. Or now we have what? Deltacron. Deltacron, yeah. I know. 
sounds like we have bad transformer movies about to start happening <laughs> but we we have to talk talk about novak djokovic do you mean Novak's Djokovic, which yes. is the, one of the greatest hashtags that I've seen <laughs> recently and is exactly why Twitter is so amazing? Yeah, so we got to talk about him. For those, if you do not follow the world of tennis, he kind of is like one of the greatest tennis players to ever be on this planet, right? I think we have to say that as experienced yeah. sports pundits as we are. Yeah, I think we have yes, to say that. We have to, we have to say that, but he's also kind of problematic when words start coming out of his mouth <laughs> um his his little track record on women in tennis has not been the best and he's been like this for years so he's been very anti-vaccine and he has refused to get the the vaccine okay do whatever you want to do but you know he did a typical boomer move he went on Twitter to say, you know, took a nice little picture of him at the airport, like, hey, I got my exemption status to get into Australia to go to the Australian Open. And because of that tweet, the people in Australia just had a field day because <laughs> they can't even leave the country and nobody can come in. No, well, Melbourne apparently is the city with the longest lockdown in the world. Yeah, they've been like on like hardcore lockdown, like border lockdown. So um, people seem to be very upset that he got an exemption and some people couldn't go home to see their parents who who died and things like that. And um, so Mr. Djokovic uh, was put into a quarantine hotel so that they can re-review -re his visa. And of course, his mom gets out and says that it's like being in a prison <laughs> because it was of only his... four stars. It was only a four star <laughs> hotel, <laughs> and they didn't give him quality food, you know, uh, you know, because of his status. But amazingly, amazingly, today Australia fixed his visa, and he can now play in the Australian Open. Hmm. So amazing. Why do you think then that he may be allowed to circumnavigate the rules? What's your money. feeling? Money. Money. Mm, you money. Think? Yeah, money. Money. I mean, the Australian Open brings a lot of people to a live event. He the the um tennis association i don't know the official name of them but th that's a lot of money and i assume that australia doesn't want to suffer like what china did when they couldn't find that the woman tennis player who said that she was harassed and then magically appeared and said oh i was i i didn't say that on on um on social media um, but a lot of those tennis um, events pulled out of China. So I assume Australia didn't want to deal with that and they want to keep that money flowing. But he's, I know he's like, you know, the world's number one, but mm -hmm. is he really that much of a draw? I don't, I don't know the world of tennis as, as, <laughs> as, as well, but for me, and you know, I'm going to say this, I don't know him. Um, but mm -hmm. The, the way that the way that he plays is 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 great. He's quite clearly the best player in the world, but he's not got the charisma of some of these other tennis players. I mean, I think people used to no, say that Andy Murray not. like didn't have any charisma, but he but he does. Yeah, uh, he's no Roger Federer. So no, I just no, I just but... think who needs who needs a guy who's not particularly into like women's rights or equality 
having an attitude and going, it's my right, I deserve to play here. So, you know, it's not his country. They can do whatever they want, surely. I mean, according to him, uh, like women tennis players didn't need to be paid more because they don't bring in the cl- crowds and audience in the draw. So, <laughs> but he does. He, he does. does. Well, it'd be interesting yeah. to see what happens because I've seen Vox Pops of Aussies go in, we're just going to boo him. Oh, I'm pretty sure they're going to boo him, but you have to be quiet. So you have to boo in silence <laughs> <laughs> when you're at watching this match. So it doesn't really matter. And I don't think it matters for him because uh, he's going to do his thing and they will allow it. So if any of you were trying to get in Australia for the last two years, maybe start playing tennis. <laughs> and become the world's greatest yeah okay yeah. Uh, what, what else is going on then in the world oh Tell my us, gosh Felicia. oh oh i gotta give you a report from the cdc director um she admitted that she was feeling very optimistic because 75 percent of COVID deaths are from people with at least four core morbid- morbidities so she's very optimistic about that as in um, that if you don't have, if you have three or less comorbidities, you probably you'll won't be fine. die. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. So she is feeling very optimistic that, you know, 25% of the people with comorbidities are dying. So, um, and some people have taken exception to how she worded that on television and said that this is a no go. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I guess, I guess she's happy, right? Yeah, I, don't really I mean, know. maybe uh, are there any um, comorbidity uh, comorbidities? I was going to say solutions. Comorbidity situations that that we're happy with, like if we were to say, well, you know, look, I'm not saying this, but like if we say, you know, stage four lung cancer through smoking. I mean, is uh, are we accepting that? Is that f- it's your own fault then? Uh, well, you know, if you got COVID, yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, you should not be overweight, diabetic, with cancer, and uh, with mental health challenges. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's your own fault. Or, or, or yeah. I think we, what we've learned is that if you catch COVID, um, it's your fault, and if you die of COVID, it's your own fault. That yeah. that seems to be where this government, this side of the pond, is is heading anyway. I- well, yeah, because you guys aren't testing anymore, right? Well, that's that's the that's the aim. I mean, I'm going to say the word aim. I think that's clearly the aim is that we get to a post-pandemic uh, situation where where there's just no testing. So here, um, they've now changed the rules from I think it's today or tomorrow, so that if you um, if you are asymptomatic and you test positive from a home test then you don't have to get that confirmed with the PCR test now. So you can just go with the lateral flow test. And and it's all to do with mathematics and numbers, apparently, more than anything else, which has proved oh, that they're okay. actually more effective. But okay. um, they would like you, if you don't mind, possibly, if it's not too inconvenient, sorry about it if it is, but if you wouldn't mind, reporting it to the government if you are positive. Oh, okay. So and it's on you it's to on you. report. Yeah, okay. it's on you. So these these numbers now... They're, they're on they're on the general population to to report and you know it, it's it's handy it's handy uh, if yeah, you report yeah. the numbers to, to the government maybe they can help or maybe they're just not that bothered and if um if they don't see the numbers then they don't have anything to fund well if there's i mean it's kind of like florida you know if you don't test there's no problem exactly and that's uh, where that's- we are 
that seems to be where a lot of the school systems here, if you don't test, there's no problem. Um, so only, only if you get tested at school, can the school nurse report it so that it can go into official files and numbers and things like that. But most schools don't have nurses. <laughs> okay. So let's go with that. And if you test at home, it doesn't go into the official records and things like that. So, so that's a good, I mean, I think it's a good plan. You know, if you don't test, there is no problem. Yeah. Do you know what problem it's going to be? What? It's going to be a third world problem. That's, that's where we're heading with think this. So? It's going to, yeah, it's going to be a developing world problem whereby. It's already go, there. Yes, I know, but it won't be here because we're not reporting the numbers. So what we'll see is we'll see situations in Africa, Indian subcontinent or, or whatever, and we'll go, mm, there you go, see. See, shouldn't have reported. Mm. No test, no report. The world is better. <laughs> I mean, but it kind of sounds like this um, influencer that you have coming out of your country. Um, who Who is this, this, this young person from Love Island who basically said, you know, I'm perfect. All you have to do is just wake up because we have the same 24 <laughs> hours. Uh, I have a feeling she might be on the same like thought pattern. You know, no tests, no problem. If you're homeless, just buy a home. Duh. If, yeah. If yeah, stop being so poor. Stop being so poor and stop getting COVID. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how how is the world taking this young influencer? And tell us more about her. Well, I can only tell you what I know. It's she's not somebody that uh, I follow. Uh, particularly but she is one of the kids so she's young she's a gen z one of the kids yeah, yeah. um and i i think I, I think to a certain extent um either she's not been hugely advised or she's <laughs> just said what she thinks and and you know what you know that's that's fine everyone can say what they think the uproar here is twofold i think one is that people are saying, well, no, sorry, but we don't all have the same 24 hours <laughs> in a day. And I had a very uh, long discussion with a friend of mine about oh. whether, um, whether you know, how much control you have over those 24 hours. And, and, and if you come from adversity, you know, that there's so many stories of people coming from adversity mm -hmm. that make it. And so that proves that you do actually have the, the same 24 hours. And then, you mm. know, it's, it's very long, complicated conversation um do you know what everyone is allowed to say things and uh they are allowed to make a mistake and they're allowed to regret it um afterwards <laughs> if if they if they do uh there's a bit of a piling mm -hmm. uh, honor which yeah. is probably a little bit unfair and unkind but i think Ooh, if it yeah if it hadn't been said at this particular moment in time when people are struggling where people have lost jobs where people mm -hmm. are, are struggling with an impending um cost of living crisis then it wouldn't sound so privileged and it wouldn't sound so completely polar opposite to the, the audience that she's trying to win over so i think she might look back at it and go, mm, I'd have probably worded that differently. It's not quite what I meant. People have taken it out of context, but I can see why that was the case. I think it depends on what she does next. If she says, do you know what? That wasn't what I meant. Sorry about that. Clearly, I didn't, you know, I don't think this or whatever. She'll recover. I think she might have probably will do anyway, to be honest. It's all about money. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, there you go. Maybe they need some PR training. 
Well, this is the thing. I'm not sure that these people who go on reality shows get a lot of media training at all in, her, in terms of how to carry yourself afterwards. And so there's lots of examples of people screwing it up afterwards. But um, yeah. Well, we've seen this with a lot of... Um, a lot of hip hop artists over the last couple of months who have literally put their foot in it. And they said, you know, one music musical artist, he said the one thing that he did appreciate about working with uh, one of the big music companies is that they do put you through the media training so that you'll know what you need to say. And, and, and of course he said, of course, when you're young, you don't appreciate it, but now you have so many younger artists and because they can, you know, they can get on social media on their own without anybody monitoring them. And this is, this is what you get, you know, they go into just podcasts, you know, interviews like, oh, this is fun. And just make things pretty much um, bad off for them. Yeah, because the thing is, when, when you're invited, when you're that type of person, you're invited on a big podcast, and it was a big podcast that she was that she was on. Yeah. Um, the, the the people who are running the podcast, we know this as experienced podcasters, yes. um, the people running the podcast, their aim is to get as much attention to the podcast as possible. And so it's not in their interest to to not fuel the fire. I mean, just look at somebody like Joe Rogan, right, and his mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. It's just can of fuel on every possible fire that there that that there is well when you open yourself up to it i mean and and i would say a lot of these podcasts now they are not from experience i don't know if it's journalists but experienced interviewers because sometimes an experienced interviewer can can get you to like I'm sure you didn't mean to say this, you know, that type of thing. They just, these, they just let you go and and they will, and they'll let you keep talking. And it was like, tell us more. And yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, the, 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 um, the person on this podcast, uh, sort of tried to defend what she said in a, in a Twitter thread and it sort of backfired because (laughs) everyone was saying, no, mate, you've, you've, you've completely misread the room because you are also from a position of huge privilege. Uh (laughs) You're not, you're not getting it. You're not seeing it. So, uh, you know, I I don't, I I always say, like I said earlier, it depends on what happens next as to whether people forget about it. Or whether people carry on. In a way, that's what we're seeing with Boris. Yeah, well, Mm -hmm. they won't do that. But what we're seeing with Boris Johnson is people are not forgetting. And so there's another party. There's another party. There's another party. So it depends. If you refuse to acknowledge a mistake or apologize or whatever, it just festers. Well, I don't know. Boris has a different case because he is running a country. This influencer is not. What I've started noticing with influencers is that it really technically doesn't get better for them. It just gets worse <laughs> because well, it gets better in that they will get more invitations to come and talk more, but they didn't, they would never, they never correct themselves as they keep going onto podcasts and interviews and things like that. So it just kind of progressively gets worse until somebody is able to come in and say, shut up. Yeah. And then, and it's like, you, it looks like it's better because you have more, you know, you're doing more things, but you're just making it worse for yourself. And, and there you go. And, and unfortunately the internet does not forget and the people on the internet will remind you. And that's where it will get worse for her. 
Mm. It will be that constant reminder. Whereas Boris, I mean, he has layers upon layers of government paperwork to <laughs> protect him. And these politicians, they don't care. You can say whatever they you don't. want. They don't. We'll <laughs> they see. know how to find the people that will vote for them always. Mm. We're talking oh, about internet God. sensations. Oh. Uh, tell us tell us about um, these parents that you've been looking at. You, you know, I I saw this interview. It was a couple of weeks ago, and I think I sent you this message and I said, we have to talk about this, but um, a lot of kids now are talking about their radicalized parents and how they've had to deal with them. And the radicalized parents, these mainly mainly are the ones who jumped on board for that January 6th takeover of the government here in the United States, but also the ones who have who whose parents have gotten deep into anti-vax culture, you know, uh, you know, vaccine hoax. Yeah, uh, what pandemic hoax, all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of these kids are starting to do interviews and telling their experience of how they've had to deal with their parents. But one that stood out the most was uh, a lot of these kids called the cops on their parents after January 6th. <laughs> and right. it's, it has started some problems, of course, in a family, because one sibling is like, okay, this is still my dad, you know, my mom, I still love them. My brother shouldn't have called the cops on them. And and the one kid is like, but they broke the law and they came home and then they started threatening the kids. Like, you better not call anyone. And if you do, I'm going to make it worse for you. So, yeah. So that's wow. what we're kind of dealing with. So I don't know. Have you, is that a thing that has been happening in the UK? This kind of like radicalization of parents during, during the pandemic? I mean, I'm sure it must. I, I haven't seen a huge amount of it. There is this one uh woman that springs to mind she's she's been struck off the medical register but she was uh quite a senior nurse i think uh mm -hmm. i'm just trying to think of a name Sh shemi something but she is somebody that is quite visible on the protest um rallies here in london who seem to be in london okay. um and she uh is very much an anti-vaxxer and anti-establishment anti-everything and her children have just publicly disowned her oh, and saying wow. this is this is not um who we would like our mother to to be but that's the only example i can think of where the children have disowned it. I, i'm sure there must be more we, we see we don't have the um political situation that that you have particularly with the january 6th um mm -hmm. insurrection factor but there, there must be people who um are sort of, um, uh, for example, like under 18s or, or under 16s, where they need their parents' consent to have the vaccine and their parents don't want it. Yeah. But they want it. a lot of it. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I've um, had, I've, I've seen where a lot of people have had to, um, some kids have had to sneak out to their friend's home to go get the vaccine, uh, that, that type of thing where even if they are adult, like say they're 18 and older, but they still live at home, they've had to kind of sneak and go to a friend's house and then have the friend's parents or whatever drive them to a vaccine. So there are a lot of adults who are covering for kids in this situation, you know, so not telling their parents and things like that. Um, I, I don't know. I, I It's such a weird thing. And I'm just curious how these kids are going to be in the next 10, 15 years when they have to look back on 
like what their parents have done or especially with the January 6th. Like if you saw your parents on television yeah. doing this, it's like, oh, my gosh. And I think that was one of the kids. They saw their dad. They were like, that's my dad right there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and some of them saw their parents do some horrible things, you know, because there are a couple of people died. Um, a yeah. couple of police officers died. So I, I don't know what a kid would do. Like, what do you think your kids would do if you were, I don't know, decide to go storm the castle? I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, uh, there has to be at least one kid that's definitely going to turn you in. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, I've got three of them. So, yeah, I, I, I suppose. I think, I, well, yeah, I would imagine. I don't know. I don't know if, whether I would be shocked by my own children, but I, I know that at least one of them would be very vocal, at least to me, telling me what they thought about it. <laughs> but would they call the cops on you? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> now, would you do this to your parents? Um. I think I have a tendency to would want to try and sort it out in, internally first, but it depends. Do you know what? It depends on what they were what they were doing. I mean, if 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 one of my parents killed somebody, I would absolutely shot them. Yeah, you know, That's if good. my if That's my good. parents were involved in um, a riot, um, I probably over, wouldn't. the government. <laughs> yeah, I probably oh, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. Ooh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, now, if this was now, if one of your parents was like a very vocal anti-vax person, would you still invite him over for Christmas? No. <laughs> no. I mean, I think I think like if if it got to a point where we had fallen out to the extent that I wanted to disassociate myself with my parents, uh huh, then I would I would sort of assume that that's not too far a step to actually wanting to shot them to the police if we'd really fallen out that that much we've lost the relationship then yeah possibly i might shot them to the police it depends what it just depends what they did yeah just because they I, were I, there i probably wouldn't but if i knew that they were involved in something i probably would i don't know i overthrowing the government I, you, you i yeah that's an interesting one yeah but especially yeah. if it was if it was televised and people got hurt then it's like, okay, we, we can't have this. Like, what is going on? Mm. Uh, but it seems like a lot of kids did report their parents. And, and of course, the relationships have been strained. And that's been the very interesting part of this pandemic. That no matter what, I mean, the insurrection here was basically caused by the whole thing with the pandemic. And, of course, um, the last president doing his thing. But it, it, it's, it seems like... Uh, Christmas dinners, Thanksgiving dinners, family gatherings are are just uh, not fun anymore for a lot of people. Yeah. And a lot of people have cut ties or very strained, tie, tie, very strained ties when it comes to family gatherings. Yeah, I think I think that's a good thing. Just because they're your family doesn't mean you have to spend time with them. Not really. There comes a point where you go, do you know what? We don't get on. I don't like you as a person. So I'm not wasting my energy <laughs> Being, being around you I mean to a certain extent I have I have conversations which are, are now off limits with certain members of the family oh really you, oh yeah it's just like established rules or yeah you just know not to bring this up with no, no. certain family members no I've I've said um you know for example with one parent we're not talking about Brexit anymore because okay. we're, we're, we're we're so at polar opposites 
on on Brexit. I know I've said this to be, before, but if it wasn't for COVID, I think we would have properly fallen out. But COVID kind of brought us back together because we were on the, <laughs> we were the same view on on COVID. But Brexit is 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 off because I I still think it's a disaster, and they can't see that or they refuse to acknowledge it. Um, uh... And then another parent, I've decided, I've told them that we can't talk about politics at all because they can't see how Boris Johnson is behaving and and how and how um they they are uh they are not voting in their own interests oh, wow way. I you know I I will say my family has never had huge political talks so this, this has never been a major concern for me now hearing them say crazy things that's that's another that's another thing but yeah we never had major political talks so I've never had to have warnings of we won't talk about this um, when the family gets together um I did experience that this year when going to the in-laws place and hubby and mother-in-law kind of they went toe to toe right <laughs> and, and I think the whole time I was texting him I'm like oh my gosh shut this down this is not go and he was like I saw your text I was like yeah and you kept going stop talking uh yeah. and then of course you know they turned to me like what do you think I was like I have nothing to do with this leave me alone <laughs> and I went back to reading <laughs> but it it does seem like um this pandemic has kind of ruined a lot of family relationships and I have a feeling we're never gonna, a lot of people's relationships will never uh, be reestablished again. Yeah. I mean, I, you, you know, I'm reading like one of the articles now from one of the kids who did report their parents um, because of the January 6th insurrection. Um, and the, the, their dad came and said, basically, you know, traitors get shot to his own kid. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm assuming, you know, Thanksgiving dinner is never happening anymore with that yeah. family. Because you've divided the whole family. Some people think you shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. And some like, okay, you're just crazy now. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is another, I mean, maybe we should put together a book of, you know, the consequences of of um, the pandemic is beyond just even the disease. I mean, I think a lot of families have completely been ruined by this. Oh, thing. yeah. 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 And, and friendships too. Friendships. Oh, yeah. I already know that. I don't Big even time. talk to, I don't talk to. 95% of the people that I did before the pandemic, I had to shut a lot of people out. I mean, you know, you may never re-enter the world at this rate. I'm okay with that. I'm okay <laughs> with that. Um, you know what? I have to re-enter into a new world. That's what I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to re-entering into a new world because some of the people, unfortunately, that I did know, um, I can't have conversations with them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But do you know what? It's for the best. It's for the best. If you've got a radicalized parent, you need to think about what's in your interests because they are they are lost. You can't if there's no way back, you have to look after number one at that point and do what's right for you. Hunker down, set a new path, find your new family that could be friends or, you know, other other sort of older people, maybe surrogate parents or, or whatever. Sur surrogate parents parents that you choose are probably good. I remember when I was growing up, um, I was, I was the kid that like all, uh, friends, parents loved. Okay. Cause I was, I was funny and polite and I always used to get on with the mums. It's always good. And they would say, will you look after, uh, would you look after Duncan? And I'd be like, yeah, of 
course I will, Mrs. Bailey. Mrs. Bailey, of course I will. <laughs> and of course, you know, we'd all like be being sick in the streets and stuff like that. But yeah, you're that friend. <laughs> I was, the, I was, the, I was the trusted one. I would be the one that people would wheel in if they really wanted to go out and they weren't being allowed. I would be the oh, one. Oh, you were the in. fixer. Oh, yeah, I'd be the one wheeled in dude. to like convince it. No, 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 it'll be okay. I'm, I'm, I'm with them. But so, <laughs> but like various parents have like Claire's mom. She's brilliant. She, yeah, she's a, she'd make a great mom. So I think you can always go and find alternative parent surrogates. Yeah, uh, if you need to. You, you should. And they actually need to start putting out some guidance on how kids can deal with radicalized parents, because there's tons and tons of articles out of every country on how to deal with radicalized teenagers. But yeah, um, but, you know, when you're still dependent on this person um, <laughs> who is bringing the load of crazy into the house, uh, you, you got to figure out something. But um, it does seem like a lot of kids who have been in this situation, they have decided to leave home and they go and live with someone else. So, mm. which is a very hard decision as a teenager, I would assume. But one that might be necessary. It, it might be necessary, you know, because one thing I will, I have noticed when people have gotten deep into whatever it is, the conspiracy theories, everything that has to involve with, you know, our election cycle here and COVID, um, it does seem like they get very deep into paying attention to YouTube and TikTok. And mm. um, we already know how addictive those sources of media are. And um, and we still haven't, I, I don't know of anyone who's, haven't, who's had proven methods on how to get people unaddicted from this. But when somebody has gone that deep, that means other things around the house are being neglected. So yeah. you might have to leave for something better. And and one of the way one of the reasons that that's the case is because it looks like real stuff. It looks like real news, and people are too stupid to realize that 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 what you're seeing on a square box on a computer screen is not necessarily what you're seeing on the square box in your living room. You know, well, they're so similar. It's very similar, and then the the oncoming onslaught of deep fakes yeah uh, I, i've learned a little bit about that and it's a little it's impressive but very scary but um, i've been watching the tv show for all mankind on apple tv and the deep fake is i, I mean it's adding to a story because there's an alternate universe around the nasa program here but they've altered so many real news stories with voices and you know not just a voiceover it's it's I mean, it's impressive for a movie, but it's like, man, they can use this in real life. This is oh scary. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I've, I've I've seen some some similar stuff. I mean, it's very very, it's very good. So okay, well maybe maybe we don't necessarily blame the parents, but they're not familiar enough with the technology to yeah. to understand the the danger. It's a bit like the metaverse, which we should talk about on another show about Ooh, the, metaverse the metaverse and, and what have that you been into? Is. Have you been into it yet? Uh, I mean, it's been around for a long time, so yes, but, uh, what they're talking about, I think is very interesting, but we can see, save that for another show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we've learned in the pandemic to look after yourself, look after your yeah. own mental health. And if that involves you disassociating yourself from your parents or your family, then that's the thing that you need to do. So kids, if yeah. that's you, good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we would maybe um, start thinking about a program that we can develop here. Uh, we have programs like Prevent, or I'm just trying to think what the other oh programs for adults to not get rid of. No. Well, I'm talking oh. really about like 
terrorism we have we have intervention programs um here like oh god i'm trying to think what they're called but they're all words like that prevent or watch yeah. or but things like problem, that we need adults adults get crazy when you try to intervene on them though yeah well yeah. maybe we just need to trick them and you got to have enough other adults that care about you enough to even pull off an intervention <laughs> true well, true yeah. and if you've pissed and, people off enough they're not going to want to help you yeah exactly if they've unfriended you like i'm not going to be a part of your intervention yeah. intervention circle so you know just go <laughs> youtube it or something <laughs> uh well we'll have some thoughts um yes yes very very uh interesting and scary at the same time thinking yes. these like <laughs> radical people who have voting rights uh as well oh yes and they have driver's license so. oh and guns and they can have kids uh, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Right. Well, it's it's you know in this post-pandemic world in which we live now, I'm sure it's not really that much of an issue anyway. But we'll but no, we'll it's see. Not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> but it's been lovely to talk about radicalized parents with you and all things like that. Oh, this is nice. Don't get radicalized. I'll I'll try my best. I will I will okay. go and um uh I'll I'll go back on Fortnite or something like that where the kids hang out. <laughs> okay. TikTok. TikTok. Oh, it's safe. TikTok is safe. Oh, okay. Do you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> See you next time, Felicia. See ya. Part of the Like Mind Media Network.